Today's quarantine episode of the Grind Hours podcast, we're going over NBA first team through third team and NBA MVP. Uh, right off the top, if you hear any loud thunder, there a storm just literally like five minutes before we press record here just came rolling through. So if there's any loud cracklings of thunder, uh, that just bear with us. But um. Like I said on the podcast that I put out on Wednesday, we're doing NBA superlatives. And the only person that I want to do NBA superlatives is on the line right now, Dayton. How you doing, man? I know you're you're still working. You're you're an essential worker. So uh, I mean I hope that you're you're healthy and you're and you're safe and everyone in your family is all good. But uh what have you been doing besides working to get yourself through these uh unprecedented times well thanks man i i'm hoping the same to you and your family um yeah it's been it's been pretty interesting to kind of uh you kind of work as if nothing's going on um for for the most part that that's been going on but um uh been staying safe and staying healthy and whatnot um besides that since sports have been out it has been so hard for me to not be bored during all of this. Um, but luckily, I have been essentially, you know, self-isolated besides going to work and, and mm-hmm. in the grocery store every so often with uh, my girlfriend and my dog. So, of course, that is always a good combo to uh, pass the time with um, and always been checking out new shows. Tiger King, of course, um, and then some some other just whatever streaming stuff we can find. And then, of course, Thank you to ESPN, NBC Northwest as well, playing some throwback games, both for NFL and NBA. Um, I, I think it was last night. It was the Game 7 of the 2013 Finals. Um, they were replaying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, NBC uh, Northwest was replaying uh, a whole bunch of classic Blazer games, ranging from the the mid-1990s all the way up to um, game six that we had uh, last year against the or I guess the season before whatever playoffs against the um, Oklahoma City Thunder when Lillard was that hit the, that shot so the Dame shot where he ends the Dame the, shot the quote-unquote Russell Westbrook era of uh, the Thunder sent that whole team into a into a rebuild even though they are better off now without pg and and russell westbrook it seems um, oh they're 100 but yeah no off. just just been trying to watch as many sports as i possibly can um but yeah it's 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 been tough but um hopefully this is um gonna be over here here soon but i don't want it to end until you know everything is safe to go back so very unprecedented times but I, I'm, I'm glad to be hopping on another pod. I'm, I mean, the, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Doing podcasts is my way of become of normalcy and just trying to talk about sports like they're not all gone and just nothing's happening. It, it is my way of tricking myself that this is going to get over soon. Whenever it's safe to go back uh outside and not be a danger to other people and sports are back on i will be the happiest person on the planet i haven't gotten into tiger king yet i think i'm the only person that hasn't watched tiger king yet but i'm I'm gonna knock it out this weekend and uh and and see what all the fuss is about so good there's not a single normal person in that entire documentary i've heard it it, it will keep you entertained 
I've heard it's almost like Trailer Park Boys, which I, I that's one of my guilty pleasures is mm-hmm. watching that ridiculous show. So if it's anything like that, I'm going to be happy. I can see that comparison. Yeah, for sure. With with a little bit of a, a murder mystery thrown. <laughs> I've heard Carol is a very interesting person. They're all interesting. Yeah, Carol's interesting. But, I mean, Joe, the, the, the main guy, Joe Exotic, I mean, he's not even talked about enough of how psychotic he is, too. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. One last question before we get into the topic of today's episode. What's the, uh, what's the weirdest thing that you went back and rewatched sports-wise? Now that since, uh, the, since sports has just ended. Um, well, I've been watching quite a few random, like, college tapes for some of these NFL prospects. Um, so You're, di- you're uh, big into that. Um, for instance, very big into that. I love draft season. Um, th- th- There's just a couple of small school guys um, uh, that I've, I've been watching some of them. Their, some of their tape from college, I, which is pretty random. It's uh, yeah, you kind of have to search YouTube a couple of different uh, keywords <laughs> just to find some games games of these guys to to make sure you get kind of a a, a full um, uh, I guess a full three sixty. You know, get to watch the good and the bad. Um, with with some of these big school guys, you can you can do that pretty easily. But uh, it's kind of tougher for some of these small school guys. Um, but honestly haven't really gone back and watched anything too while I did rewatch um or not the whole thing but pretty much the last 10 minutes of the um Patriots um perfect season being ended by the Giants Super Bowl <laughs> uh just to just to relive you know kind of that I was in sixth grade when that happened and and and, and it was very probably the craziest you know game football basketball I had ever seen at that time and so it, it was interesting to go back because they have they have these full Super Bowls uh, on YouTube now, so it was it was interesting to go back and watch that and uh, relive relive that Super Bowl. That was that was pretty awesome. So um, other than that, nothing nothing too too random. Mine was I I've right before or right at right as quarantine hit and everything shut down. Uh, SNY, the channel that does the Mets, they immediately were like, "This is our opportunity to just show." old games and the the games that they were showing were like the class like the best games of the season prior 2019 so mm. i i just watched a random miami marlins oh boy. mets game just because it was on That's uh the, fun. the first thing that i went back and watched uh similar patriots demise i watched the divisional game in 2009 where the jets went in the foxborough and beat the uh. pats that's the bart scott can't wait game um, so that I mean, I, from time to time when I'm just depressed about the Jets, I go back. I, I've watched mm. that game probably 25 times, and I have no shame of it. It's my it's my favorite football game ever. There you go. Um, so that that put a big, a big smile on my face. Yeah, uh, that was a big moment. One I haven't gone back and watched game. any NBA games though. That's the one thing I haven't. I've just left it alone. Which is yeah. weird. It's been I've really only been watching what they put on TV. Yeah, whatever they whatever they have on TV, you have to watch. It. Other than that, yeah, I haven't really gone back for basketball either. The only game that I've watched with basketball is the 2000. It was the Mario Chalmers, um, Kansas game, the national championship game. 
That's the only mm. basketball game I've watched. Was the Kansas against Memphis. Memphis? Yep, D Rose versus Mario Chalmers and that whole squad. Which that, that was, was a great a, game as well. My dad lost a lot of money on Mario Chalmers because of Mario Chalmers. Um, but to get into this, and we were talking about this right before we we went on air. This year for NBA, all NBA is is really tough. Um, First team, I think, is not really all that different. So, which do you want to tackle first, MVP, or do you want to talk All NBA first? I feel I feel like the All NBA is going to be where the where the excitement, so to speak, is. So, right. I mean, I mean, we can start with MVP. I'm pretty sure. I mean, last year when we talked about MVP, I, we disagreed just slightly. We did. Um, but. You, you, you almost kind of convinced me to go with your guy last year, and, and your guy ended up winning. You, you had Giannis, I had Harden, Giannis mm-hmm. ended up coming away with the chip. Um, but I, I, I think we'll agree on, on MVP. Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Uh, you can go first. You're the guest. You can go first. I mean, as, as, and as much as I love LeBron, as much as I think his play over the last month, month and a half of the – um, season, the end of this, I don't know what to call it now since it's, you know, suspended, but, you know, the before he got suspended, you know, the, the, the last month of what LeBron was playing, even though it was spectacular, and when you boil down what MVP means, if, if you really want to go off of most valuable player, I've always said this, you know, LeBron should be in the top two every single year and win just about every single year as well, but MVP clearly means who has played the best basketball this season on one of the best teams in the league and or who has been historically you know, leaving an imprint on this game mm-hmm. in the NBA. Both of those apply to Giannis Antetokounmpo this season and last. 31.71 PER. That is, that is absolutely just fantastic. Um, he, he's third in the league in scoring. He's averaging 26 or 29.6 points per game. And usually that would be number one in the league if it wasn't for some ridiculous uh, uh, scoring outputs that we've seen this season. He's mm-hmm. shooting 55%, and he ranks 66th in minutes per game. He only plays 31 minutes. He, he essentially sits out the fourth quarter almost almost every single game, it seems like. He's well, only playing 31 minutes per game. Like, they don't he, need him in the fourth. Exactly, yeah. His team is just so good, they don't even need him to play in the fourth quarter. And if he did play in the fourth quarter... His numbers would be even better. Oh, it's right, pretty yeah. crazy. Uh, he's third in the league in rebounds per game at, at 13.2. Um, and his per 36 numbers are absolutely insane. Uh, it's almost like he's, he's you know, just playing uh, against, against college. And when you look at his per 36, uh, and he has, in his per 36, he has double the rebounds that LeBron has, which I think is, is pretty crazy. Um, and then, of course, the Bucks have the best record in the league and, also, Giannis, you could argue he's he's the best defender in the league as well. When when you just boil it down to pure athleticism, length, and what he can, the amount of positions that he can defend, um, he 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 can guard you on the perimeter with his length. He can guard you on the inside. He, he's he's tough and he's bulked up a lot. Um, I think it's Giannis, uh, Giannis all the way. Um, I, I I don't think it's even that close. Um, but I, I I don't think he should win it, you know, unanimously or anything like that. I do think LeBron uh, deserves uh, a few votes, but 
Um, Giannis, I think, takes the cake for me. I got LeBron second, of course. Uh, his PER is 26.08. Uh, he leads the league in assists. Uh, he's 11th in scoring, and the Lakers do have the second-best record in the league. Um, and really, his supporting cast outside of Anthony Davis has been kind of up and down. Not saying that the players necessarily uh, on paper are are good or bad like LeBron has had in the past with some you know kind of scrub teams. But outside of <laughs> Anthony Davis, he hasn't really had too much consistent help. Um, Danny Green has been you know uh, uh, on and off. Rajon Rondo coming off the bench has not been as good as people were hoping. Kyle Kuzma has been hot and cold. Um, they've already gone through a, a little bit of roster changes. Um, so, I mean, LeBron definitely gets some respect in that regard. And then third, even though he's had some really terrible nights, James Harden, I have him as third. Uh, PER of 28.39. He leads the league in scoring almost 35 points per game, and he's ninth in assists per game at 74 and the Rockets, uh, I believe when the season stopped, they were a top five seed in the West. So um, I, I, think, I think Harden definitely having another crazy uh, high volume output season, um, even though he's not shooting too well. Um, I definitely give him the nod there for MVP because of the, again, you can't ignore, this is what I said for him last year, you can't ignore the numbers that he puts up when he puts up these incredible right. Scoring output nights, and, and he's still able to average 35 points per game when he's had some, you know, bad, really bad shooting nights where Westbrook has had to carry the team. Um, so I, I still give the nod to James Harden at third. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm guessing you have Giannis as, as number one as well, right? I'm going to go through, and I actually went top five, and this is a perfect lead into the first team because everybody that I have on my first team, I have uh, on. Top five in uh, MVP voting. I agree with you with Giannis. Um, I think it's a lot closer than than you do. The and in the podcast I did, which dropped, uh, we're recording this on Thursday. which dropped yesterday. I was gushing about LeBron and the, the season that he's had, and when he goes to the playoffs, we know what that's going to to look like. And I love everything. Basically, what LeBron did in his in his mind was convince himself that he's the underdog, and we saw this with Clemson in college football. It works. It really even if you're and I for this year, I thought Clemson was the best team in college football until he got dethroned. But mm. LeBron is consistently, if not the best player on the planet, top two, top three, um, and he convinced himself that he that everyone thought he was washed and that whole washed kings stuff at the beginning of the year with uh and how he proclaimed that he was going to make anthony davis the mvp and it was his team that all switched when right about i would say about the 20 game mark he saw that he needed to be the best player on his team and Mm -hmm. the reason why i think he ultimately loses this mvp is because of Davis, I, I think they're going to split votes, and that that that's tough. When mm. we we saw this with with Curry and Durant a, a bunch of times when they were on on the team together, you can't have two top notch players on the team if you want to win MVP. Just because the other the other guy's success knocks you a little bit, it's like I don't know. It, it works for all teams in every sport, and. That's ultimately why I think LeBron's going to lose. Is I don't think he's going to have enough first place votes because of Davis, and um, 
I don't know. Like, again, I, I've fallen in love again with LeBron. Um, he's always been my favorite player other than uh, DC, but he's long gone. His best basketball is well behind him. And um, I don't, just I, I like what he's doing. The added Kobe stuff, which is why I think he's just going to go to another level in the playoffs and, or if they actually do play the playoffs. And just right. he's gonna, if they actually play the playoffs, he is going to go to another level that we've never seen him go before, because of Kobe, because mm-hmm. of the whole thing in LA, and because, again, he thinks that nobody believes in him anymore, and, and he's just the castaway, and er- everyone loves Harden and and Steph and Giannis and Durant, and he's literally the fifth guy on the totem pole now, and he is looking around the league, and he's done this all year saying, you, you think I'm not one of the best players in the league. I'm going to show you who I am and what I can do on a nightly basis. I mean, and, and I, I will beat the dead horse once again. It's year 17 for the guy, and he's mm-hmm. playing like he's 24. Like, it doesn't, right. what he's doing doesn't make any sense. However, what Giannis is doing is just a step above this year. Uh, let, yeah. He, like you said, he's not. He's playing 30 minutes a game. He's not playing the fourth quarter and majority of the games because the Bucks are just stomping people. And if you want to go per 36, fine. What, what I love to do always is see how much players are being used. And, and usage rate for me is a telltale sign. If, if you're producing at a high level and your usage rate is high, then and you're on one of the best teams in the league, they're obviously leaning on you, and you're being productive. The other thing I love well, to look at is plus-minus. And, and Giannis is in usage rate and plus-minus. He's leading the league, and it's not even close. It, it almost, and it's not at this point, but remember when we did the, the Westbrook versus Harden argument in 2016, and Westbrook's right. usage rate was like 60% or something ridiculous? Yeah. Um, Giannis is at 37.4, so it's nothing crazy. It's just over a, a tick over 30% of the time. But he's doing 29 and 13 as basically their point guard. Yeah. I know Bledsoe occupies the position in the starting lineup, but Giannis handles the ball on this team. And the fact that he could do that, handle the ball, be their leading post player a lot of the time, and still do this sort of stuff is ridiculous. And his three-point percentage has gone up a little bit. He's still not trustworthy in the shot, but when he uh, when he gets there, and we've been saying this for, like, I think four years now, when he actually gets to, like, 35 to 38%, there's not going to be anybody in the league that's going to guard him. He's going to be the MVP KD season. And he's going to be the, the dude. He's going to be. He's basically going to be the next version of Durant because he's built like that. He, yeah. That is the only comparable player to, to KD, I think, in NBA history is Giannis. Yeah, and, a, set, a seven foot playmaking scoring machine that you can't stop. And then on the defensive end, just based off of their pure length alone, they can defend pretty much anybody. Right. Yeah, that's 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 the perfect. Yeah. If, if, yeah, if you, you could if play you Giannis at the, the five. Three. Yeah. If Daryl Morey was the GM of the Bucks, <laughs> he would be playing Giannis at the five. And yep. like, 
We saw what Durant can do at the highest level. He can go against LeBron toe-to-toe when LeBron's at the peak of his powers and still beat him. And we haven't seen Giannis do that yet, and I, I, I think that's why ultimately he's going to... He's, Giannis hasn't been in the pressure situation as the leading guy yet in his career. And that's why, and that's the only reason why I'm a little hesitant uh, if they actually play the playoffs that he's not going to win the title is he hasn't had the pressure of that before. And going into L.A. Uh, in the finals, I, it, it's going to be tough for him. And this, if yeah. he doesn't come up clutch, how is he going to respond to that? And that's what, the reason why I'm going to give LeBron the, the finals MVP the other reason why I'm going to give LeBron the finals MVP is I think he's going to be pissed that he didn't get the MVP this year and mm-hmm. just go to another level. That, like that, there's three things that are going to contribute to LeBron going to unforeseen level of dominance if they play the playoffs this year. Not getting the for MVP, sure. the Kobe situation, and everybody doubting him. Because for the first time in his career, second time in his career, Everybody doubted him, and what did he, he? We saw what he did in 2012, when everybody just wrote him off as right. just this other guy. He proved to you, and he's proving to you again. When I'm my back's against the wall, there's nobody on the planet that's better than me. And some of the playoff performances that he's going to have, if this year, if not next year, is going to be utterly ridiculous. And uh, I. I think it's a knock on his greatness. I I really think we take him for granted, and he's we know like we love to knock on him because we know he's going to be there, and that's the one thing that I consistently say we shouldn't be doing. And I don't agree with you in the fact that we should just put LeBron top three in MVP voting every year because some years he just takes the year off. Like he's just like, eh, screw it, I'm going to go to the playoffs, and when I get to the playoffs. Zero Doc 30 mode, and I'm going to just dunk on everybody and not care and be the best player in the world. He didn't do this. He didn't do that this year. He's playing almost every game and, and producing every single game. And I think for the first time in a very long time, he's actually having fun playing basketball again. It looks like he's back in Miami and just ha- having a blast playing basketball again. You could say what you want about the production on the floor from the, from the rest of the guys. One through fifteen, I think he loves every single dude in that roster, and again, I don't think that's happened since uh, since Miami. Definitely, he's got a sidekick like he did in Miami too, with with AD. I think that's that's part of it too. He didn't. He had Kevin Love uh, for a little yeah. bit there, and he ha- he did have Kyrie. Yeah, a lot of people. That's true. I still think they're cool. I honestly, honestly, God, I think LeBron and, and Kyrie are st- still cool. I don't know what it is. There's nothing like publicly that makes me say that, but just the way that it went, up, the way that everything broke down, it made sense. And I don't want to do revisionist history here. Actually, I do, but for a different podcast. It boiled down to simply Kyrie wanted his own team and he wanted to be the guy. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, like, he almost got traded. But that, that's for another day. Um, my other two for, and this is a perfect segue for the first team, my other two for MVP voting, I agree with you for Harden for third. He's basically wilt of, this gener- of the three-point uh, generation. 
He's the most unguardable player in space, and it's not even close. I, I know what I just said that about Giannis, but what Harden can do on a night-to-night basis, he's going to go for like 80-plus one day. Like it's, Something's going to hit where he's yeah. going to go to a sublime level and hit everything he looks at, and you're going to look up in the third quarter, and he has 68 points. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, he has a chance to to break Kobe's record. He's the only guy that I think can actually do that because of the way he – the volume at which he shoots the three and the way that he goes to the line. The other thing that I think gets a little bit underrated is his ability to go to the free throw line. For a period of time there where he was – the past two years where he, everyone was saying, oh, he's flopping – he really wasn't the majority of the time going to the line. He was taking the contact and getting the shit kicked out of him. Now he's kind of backed off because he's he, the loophole with the, the gather step, which mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know where he found that loophole or how he came upon it, but he's just obliterated that. And that's one of the reasons why I hate watching Houston is the way that they get away with the rules and, and the, the, the volume at which they shoot the three. But Still, you got to reward it because, one, it's working. Two, Harden is doing something that we've never seen in basketball history, averaging this many points in a season. Like, he had a chance to average 40 in a season per game. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yep. And he was close to it at the beginning. He was averaging like 38 points a game at the beginning of the season. That's absurd. And it should be highlighted and should be rewarded. So I'm rewarding it. Plus, he's second in, in plus minus, third in, in, in usage, second in PER. He's sixth in steals per game. So it's not like he's not producing on either side of the floor. His defense is actually kind of closed up a little bit. Uh, fourth, I have Davis. He's having the best year of his career. 26 points per game, nine rebounds a game, block and a half per game, or steal and a half per game, two blocks per game, almost two and a half, mm. third in PER, 15th in usage, and sixth in plus minus. And then fifth, I have Luca. This dude mm. is ridiculous, man. Like, yeah. he's almost averaging a triple-double, and you could say what you want about a triple-double, but to do that in the second year of your career, to go 20, to almost average 30, 10, and 10, he's averaging 28, 9, and 8, with 27.7 PER, 37% usage rate, and an 8.5 plus-minus. He's had to do it on nights where it's just him, and he's got a step back, which is legal, and it's the nastiest quote unquote legal step back in the league. It, mm-hmm. It's Dwayne Wade worthy. Like that, it's, it hasn't reached MJ where it's literally money every time he goes to it. It seems like it that way, but that's it. He's had that move since he's came in the league. He's perfected it in the year plus that he's been in the league. And he's got, like, he has to get fifth in MVP voting. Has to. Yeah, because he's 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 been solid. He every, every single the only two players that I think have been the most solid in the league can sit on a nightly basis is Giannis and Luca. Every night you know what you're going to get from them. LeBron. There's the variance factor because it's like 
it's almost the Larry Bird thing where he's just bored of playing the game and he's going to go, ah, I'm going to go for 25 assists this game. Like, yeah. there, there's a fun element to LeBron with the the variance level. Luka, you know you're going to get a, a trip, basically a triple-double, if not a triple-double. He leads... The only two people he's behind in triple-doubles in his career to this point is Westbrook and Oscar. That's it. And he's year two. It's crazy. Insane. Absolutely absurd. And I think he's uh, he's fifth in MVP voting, and he's the, the shooting guard on my first team. My first team is Harden at point guard, Luka at shooting guard, Giannis at the small forward, LeBron at the four, and Davis at the five. Our first teams are identical, except I, I put Luka as my point guard, but I I, okay. I, just, I pretty much just labeled Luka and Harden as guards, essentially. But uh, well, that that's the yeah. uh, that's the the thing that gets tricky is is what do you like for about two years now? I'm like just throw out the the positional ranks and just who is the mm. best who is the best five players in the league? And these dudes are the best five players in the league, bar none. Yeah. I, like it's this is the cream of the crop. It's going to be the cream of the crop for probably two years here, two or three years here, where Harden, Luca, LeBron, and Yon, like honestly, you could shock that up for me as my ne- as the first team for the next three years. I, mm. I, and I know you could. It's what about Kawhi and he's not Kawhi really hasn't played that much this year, and when he has, yeah. he's dominant. But like. What did the they played what ten games as a starting unit fully healthy like come mm-hmm. on Let, let's right and that's the only reason why I have Kawhi on my second team but um again I this is the cream of the crop this year and this wasn't even hard like this was not the hard part of the All NBA and usually in some years it is like that's because you feel like you're jobbing a guy, putting him on second team because he's played so well. But that's not the case for me this year. Usually it comes down to, guard, to guards, too. And this year it's forwards. I have had a yeah. really hard time with the forwards this year. But, yeah, me too. Especially, especially, I mean, my third team, spoiler alert, has two forwards and no center. So, Wow, all right. Um, so... Let's jump into the second team. Who do you got? And uh, if there's any weird, why? Um, nothing really weird. Um, well, I, I, I guess after I compare it to yours, we'll see how how off it is. But I'm All pretty right. sure they'll be they'll, they'll be fairly similar. I do have Kawhi there mm-hmm. on my second team, my starting small forward. Uh, Kawhi is eighth in the league in scoring. He's averaging 27 a game, and he's also a defensive maestro still for for one of the better teams in the league. My point guard is my main man, Damian Lillard. He's fifth in the league in scoring, 29 points per game. He's sixth in assists, almost eight assists per game, shooting 45% from the floor, nearly 40% from three. Uh, Bradley Beal is my shooting guard, having a career year. Second in the league in scoring, 30.5 points per game, and he's shooting 45, 35, 84 splits, uh, while also being the guy on that team, the only actually competent, 100% of the time, talented player on that Washington Wizards team. 
if John Wall was healthy or if they had even another guy on close to a, you know, kind of all-star caliber to, to uh, match there with Bradley Beal, uh, the Wizards would be a playoff team there in the East. I mean, the, the, I think they're the 10th, 11th seed right now, a few games out of the 8th seed. If they had somebody else there with Beal, they'd be a playoff team, and, and Beal would be getting a little bit more respect. My other forward is Pascal Siakam. Um, okay. he's, he's 15th in scoring while shooting over 45% from the floor. Um, and then I had to go with with Nikola Jokic as my as my second team center, 13th in the in uh, assists per game. Uh, he's top 25 in the scoring, um, and 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 he also has great field goal percentage, pretty much across the board. Um, and yeah, he's he's been the best player for uh, the Nuggets yet again, um, with with a nice um, duo matchup there with uh, Jamal Murray. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my second team. You sounded surprised about Lillard. Um, uh, very, Ve- I knew you were going to have him in, in this. I thought you were going to, you weren't going to go as Homer ish and have him on mm. the third team. I, mm. No way in hell that I think you were going to have him on the second team. Oh, oh, I mean, you got to look, look at his numbers. He's playing I mean, lights out. He, and he does, I think he's leading in minutes per game or he's top three in minutes per game. <laughs> He's he's played quite a bit, yes. Um, Yoke, let me start with Jokic because the Joker is a joke. Like some the, the stuff that he can do on the floor, it, it <laughs> doesn't make any sense in the world. And, and some of the shots he gets off, and the misdirection, and like I, a lot of people forget about him. One because he plays in Denver. Two, I think they take his height for granted. He's a seven right. foot like three dude doing this stuff and and passing like he's six foot four and getting banged up in the post shooting threes like it's not he is a he is a unicorn i i know that's porzingis's nickname but if if jokic was a was a year before he was he would be the unicorn he is the quote-unquote small ball center he does get pulled out a lot on the defensive end, and he's not really that good of a perimeter defender yet. I think he will get there. And he is just mm-hmm. – he, he is the only guy that I think you can put in the first team in the next couple of years. If he goes to another level and continues to do this stuff and is just ridiculous, I think he will take over Davis. But I agree – him and Kawhi are the only two guys that – or no – Actually, yeah, he, him and Kawhi are the only two guys that we agree on on the second team. My other three guys are Westbrook at point guard, Simmons mm. at uh, at shooting guard, and Jason Tatum at, at the other mm. forward position. Ah, uh, you know what? I, I, I totally forgot about Simmons. Yeah, and a lot of people do. I think he is – look. He's just missed so many games. Not really. He's played 57 of the possible oh. 63. It's Embiid what? that's missed a lot of games. Simmons play, has played 57 games. I checked. Wow. I guess it's just the I guess it, he the, the six games he missed were just those six in a row before we got into quarantine then. Right. He hasn't wow. missed that many games. Damn. And he is on a nightly basis. I, I, I love Embiid and I love the upside of Embiid. Simmons has been the best player for Philly uh, on a nightly yeah. basis. He's the dude that 
that's going to make him go. And he is, I think he's very close to his ceiling as a player of who he's going to be. But still, that player is a top 15 player in the league. Um, I think he's the seventh best player this year. Eh, he's a, he's a definitely top 10. Again, I have him in the top 10, but he's a top 10 player for me this year. And he's taken the leap. I think, and I've said this before, I think you have to break up Simmons and Embiid. I, I think personally, with the way that the game is going, and, and Embiid will have success wherever he goes. But I think you have, it makes no sense for both of them to be on the floor at the same time. They're a worse team when, they're, when both of them are on the same floor at the same time because they bump into each other. Right. Simmons is in the quote-unquote dunker spot. That's just be, where he belongs because he does, he's literally afraid of, of shooting the three. Um, and I think if you're in any other time in NBA history, he's one of the most consistent two-point field goal pursuit, uh, shooters. But con- considering that basically inside, outside of 18 feet until you hit the three-point line, there's, th- those shots just don't exist, and they're considered the worst shots in the league. That's where I think his sweet his sweet spot would be would be in that range from 18 to just inside the three point line and nobody shoots those anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that part of his game is just being robbed because of the area he's in. But his court vision is insane. He's one of the best passers in the league. He is one of the most electrifying guys in the fast break and in the open court and he's proven that he doesn't need to shoot the three to be effective. And I think he will eventually shoot the three-point shot when his athleticism goes away. Um, But right now he's electrifying. He's one of my favorite players to watch, even though I've shit on him a lot in his NBA career. He is awesome, and he is one of the most terrifying guys to go up against. And he instilled that to, to me last year when he played the Nets in the playoffs. He, he's not a guy to fuck with. And right. I, I think he is the cornerstone piece. I don't think, I think he's the probably the odd man out because if Philly looks at it and they go, if we trade Embiid, we're basically trading away our team. Embiid is right. the dude that's loved. He is loved. Yeah. He, he takes the most crap from the fans, but he's beloved in that city. And he I just, think he's, he's so outspoken. He's more beloved than Simmons is, and I, I, if you if you gave it to Philly fans, who would you rather see go? That I think it would not even be close. I think it'd be like eighty twenty. I'd right. rather see Simmons go than Embiid. But I think Simmons can be the best player in a playoff series. I think he can be a best player on a team that is contending for a title. I don't think he will. I don't think he could be the best player on a team that makes the finals or even wins the finals. But I think he could be a team a guy that gets you to the conference finals and is your main structural piece. So enough of the Simmons love fest. Um, Westbrook, I think, if the season continued and the newfound like role that he is in where the, where the, the Rockets basically cleared the floor so he could take off like an AC-130 and just rain hell and run amok and he got rid of the three-point shot and was just breaking rims again and being that energizer bunny and being productive. He was so productive. 
there's no doubt in my mind that I think that would have continued. And sure, you can say, well, in the month of October, he shot like 20% from three. That's the month of October. Yes, it does add into the season. But it, overall, I think what he's done recently, and it might just be recent, recency bias, and it's going to get into the next guy that's completely recency biased, but you can't tell me that the way that this, the way that the, the, super, the super small bar, the micro ball, or whatever the hell you want to call it, the way that that was going, Westbrook is a top 10 player in the league. And just he, this iteration of him is everything I love about Westbrook and everything I like. What Maury and D'Antoni and the Rockets brain trust have done is they boil down, okay, what's the best version of Westbrook? This is the best version of Russell Westbrook. We thought we saw it in OKC where he was the leading man and just having the ball in his hand almost 70% of the time and just going balls to the wall. No, this, what you need to do is clear out rebounds for him and just have him run 100 miles an hour all the time and just go nuts and that's what he's doing and I I love it again I hate watching Houston because of the way that they play but the way that they utilize Westbrook that's my favorite part of Houston and why I keep watching yeah I that who would have thought that we would be seeing this Westbrook when 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 we saw that MVP caliber in in OKC I'm with you I, I I think this is definitely the best iteration of of Westbrook and I didn't think I didn't think that we could see a better version, but he's more efficient, but in a better situation overall. Um, and yeah, he's playing lights out. This is Which, the best version of this is the best possible outcome of Harden and Westbrook, and I yeah. give credit to to Daryl Morey for realizing that. And he's changing. Morey's changing the game again, and this is something that. Uh, Steve Nash has been very vocal about this is what they should have done with D'Antoni in Phoenix is just go super small and play Amari at the five and just go nuts and, and, and do the, the 2000 and what I think it was 2004 to 2006 version uh, of this. Marion would be 70% of Westbrook, I think, and he was a better three point shooter. So Mm. Uh, I'm not saying Marion's better than Westbrook. I'm just saying, like that, you could have won a, they could have won a title doing that. And I think that in the next coming years, if they stay together, they can contend for a title. They're not contending for a title this year because the Lakers and Clippers are the two best teams in the West, and that's not up for discussion. That's cut and dry. What? It's going to happen. But this is the best possible chance for Houston to win a title is exactly what they're doing. And you may hate it, but you're going to look back on this at some point and say that was fun. And I'd rather look, I'd rather do that now and say this is fun and weird and awesome and just out of the box than completely hate on it and just discard it. I hate watching it, but it's it's interesting and weird and fun. Yeah. No, for sure. Who would have thought, too, with this Rockets team? Like, Robert Covington playing center doesn't make any sense, but for 25 minutes at a time, mm-hmm. I'll watch it, and it'll be fun mm-hmm. and weird. Cool. 
the next guy I have and the last guy I have on the second team is Jason Tatum. Mm. Uh, he reached the all the beyond all star level and borderline superstar level right before things yep. went away, uh, and it it happened right before from right before the all star break to now. He is the guy that you have to stop what you're doing if he's on television and watch because he's going to go for 50 and he's going to be the best player on the floor and he's reached that level and he is the best player on the Celtics. He is probably the second best player in the East behind Giannis and there's just no shadow of a doubt in my mind that he would have continued this clip. Maybe not at the same rate, but he would have been the best, second best player in the East, best player on the Celtics through the end of the season. And that's better than Siakam. That's better than, and we'll get to this dude because I have a little tease for the third team. That's better than Paul George. <laughs> Even though George has been lights out when he's been on the floor and if Paul George played majority of the season at the level that he was that he actually played when he was in games I probably have him on the second team but Tatum is Tatum is the third best forward in the league behind LeBron Giannis and Kawhi and you could have who you who you want and who did you have again at the second forward spot um, I had Siakam. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue much about it, but I, I think what Tatum is doing is better. I don't and, think Siakam is that far off, but I think Tatum is better. Um, and and had just, we recorded, had the season continued, and we recorded it today as if you know the season had been because we what we'd be just about prepping for the playoffs right now. And, yeah, you know, playoffs would probably be in like two weeks. I probably would have moved Tatum definitely in the second team. His, his his progression on the Celtics team has been just fantastic. And I I did not see this coming because I was advocating for the Celtics to go with and, and now I, I me and whoever else kinda was advocating for this looks very, very dumb now. Uh, but I was advocating for them to draft Josh Jackson. I thought he was gonna end up being a better pro than Jason Tatum. Oh, 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 but wow. Tatum has Tatum has the just um instinct so so to speak he just naturally plays so well with the ball in his hand he also is great off ball he's got the perfect body for a guard forward kind of combo where he can handle it but he's also bigger than a lot of the guys he guards so he can get to his spot get his shot his instincts with that offense under um um uh now of course i'm forgetting the head coach now brad stevens um of, of course with, with him as head coach is he's just been lights out. His progression has been so impressive, um, and I mean, he just fantastic. Yeah, but I, I, I think had had the season gone on a little bit more, he definitely would have moved into second team for me. He's been he's been lights out. He's hit all the checkpoints so far. Yeah, I mean, from from the the first time that I was like, okay, this dude's gonna be legit, is when he dunked on LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals, Game Seven at home. He wasn't afraid. He was not afraid of the moment. And because of Kyrie last year, he got derailed another chance um, 
at possibly facing LeBron in a final. Like I think the Celtics would have went toe to toe with either the. I think they would have beat the Bucks last year and gave Kawhi. He would have gave Kawhi fits. Um, but he's hit all the checkpoints that you would want in a superstar. He's not the elite defender that majority of the people would probably want. He's still a little bit of a liar. He's not going to guard the best player on the floor on the other end. He might get stuck on the third best guy just yeah. to, to maximize his efficiency on the offensive end. So if you could take that leap, he is a bona He's getting there, but if he takes that next leap next year where he's guarding, he's one of the, he's not an elite defender, but he is a well, well above average defender. He is going to hit bona fide superstar level. And his ascension is ridiculous because it he went from pretty good player to one of the best players in the league literally overnight. Something clicked, and I don't know what it was. I don't know where he was when it happened, but it clicked, and it's been really fun to watch. So that's why I have him as my last guy on my second team. Um, I like that. I'll go first for third team. I have okay. – Bradley Beal, you made the case for him. It's basically mm. the Washington Bradley Beals. Uh, yep. He is the only guy on the floor, and he's putting up ridiculous clips. I mean, he is and what mixtaping the hell out of uh, out of this season. Score. I think they do better when he scores like thirty than when he does when he scores fifty. But he scored mm. multiple. He's went over fifty multiple times this year. Um, he stayed in. He's chosen to stay in Washington long term and and really rebuild the, the the franchise and be the centerpiece for the rebuild. And I mean you can't knock him for it, but at the same time if he was on a playoff team, who like you can only imagine what it would be like. And the fact that Washington's is this close to a playoff spot with him being the only dude on the floor that can actually Hold some substance is ridiculous. Uh, second guy, I have Paul George. He's still one of the best players in the league, even though he doesn't play majority of the games. And uh, a lot of people are going to get upset at me for the amount of, for putting him on the on any of the All NBAs because he just hasn't played that many games. But uh, I'm breaking my own rule this year, and I don't care. Usually I, I have I, I say you have to play a certain amount of games, but this year I, I just I flat out don't care. Third, I have Siakam because he's did like 65-70% of what Kawhi did last year for the defending champs. And I love when a defending champion says, Screw it, we're still the best team and we're gonna prove it to you. And he's the leading guy behind that. Four, I have Sabonis. Uh, I don't know why. I hate the Pacers a lot because I just don't believe in them. But when you boil it down, I, I just couldn't find another forward. I really and he was having a really good year. He, he was the leading man on this team for the majority of the, uh, the year, and he's the fit, the Pacers are the fifth team in the East. Um, going through it, I really couldn't find another forward, and this is probably going to be a career year for Sabonis. So. Why not highlight it? And five, I haven't beat just because he's the third best. Mm. That's it. I like it. 
I like it. I, I wanted to put Embiid on here too, um, and um, I was toying with with a couple other guys too. I, I like your list. Uh, I'll just I'll, before I get into my third team, I'll just name off my honorable mentions that I really, really was thinking about putting onto my mm-hmm. third team. I have just, Lillard just, on that. Uh, yeah, I can't believe you didn't put Lillard on any of those, He's, but I understand. I, I knew understand. you were going to be upset. I, I knew you were going to be upset. But I understand. I, and, I mean, I actually toyed with it. I have his name crossed out in the third team. You, yeah. By the end of the podcast, I might be convinced to put him over George and put George as the first guy on my animal mentions. Hey, I, I think he deserves it. But you know what? Screw it. I'm doing it. He's, he, he's, hey, on, the third, he's on the third team just because of what just, he's done. Just because he's played season. more games, too. But yeah. It, it's the volume rate. It's the minutes played. It's the, yeah. the kind of lost season in, uh, in Portland. It's the season where everything didn't go well, and he's still the right. same. He's still the same dude. Um, my honorable, I have five honorable mentions, so this is pretty much like my fourth team, so okay. to speak. But there were so many other guys too that I was kind of just toying with. There, there, there were there were quite a few good players this season in, in the league. But Kemba Walker, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, Paul George, and Demontis Sabonis were on my honorable mention. Uh, but my All NBA third team, I got three guards and two forwards. I also was toying with putting Embiid on here just for center, but. I mean, just this, the, the, the center is just so obsolete in, in today's game, even though Embiid and Jokic are, are so good at what they do, mm-hmm. um, and, and Anthony Davis, even though I consider him more of a power forward than, than a center, but he can obviously play both at a high level. Right. Um, I just I, I wanted to go in one of these teams with no center, and it just so happened to be the third team. Um, so I got three guards and two forwards. I have Jason Tatum um, on okay. this, and I also have Russell Westbrook on this team. Almost okay. really put Westbrook on my second team, but I decided to go with uh, with uh, Beal instead and, and Lillard, obviously. Um, my t- I have two point guards too on this team. Uh, Trey Young, even though oh the Hawks God. are the Hawks, hey, I get it. The Hawks are dog shit. Okay, the Hawks are terrible. They're awful. But Trey Young is second in the league in assists, almost averaging ten assists per game, and he's fourth in scoring. He's almost averaging thirty points per game. So I mean. He, he, he's top five in numbers. Um, why shouldn't he be, you know, one of the top 15 players, so to speak? He was a starter on the all-star team. Um, and I get it. His team is so bad. It, the, the Hawks are just absolutely awful. But Trey Young, you can't, you can't ignore what he's doing. He's also really, since Steph Curry has been gone for a majority of the year, he has provided those highlight shooting reels, the nutmegs. I mean, he's been the little dude who has been, you know, just, just off the charts um, I really like his game, and I wanted to put him on here. I, I he needed recognition here um, on on one of these teams. So I said, "Fuck it, let's put Trey Young." Even though his team sucks, and I hate I hate putting players who are on shitty teams on these uh, All NBA squads. But I, I think Trey Young, if anybody deserves it, it's Trey Young. Um, Chris Paul, I have on on my All NBA third team. Even though his numbers aren't his numbers don't really jump out to you as a saved he's 16th, it for me. He's he's 16th in the league in assists. And he is the main reason this OKC Thunder team is not only in the playoffs, but one of the best teams in the West when they are on. Uh, his leadership ability on the floor, um, he's been able to control. I think, I think he's also top top ten or fifteen in PER this year. He's been he's been great. Um, he has been efficient. Um, he's he's always shooting the ball at a high percentage, mid range, and and from three. 
Um, so I, I think like Trey Young, Chris Paul needed some recognition, but for the opposite reason, his numbers don't stand out to you, but he is the maestro um, on that team. And he's also one of the best, if not, you know, the best uh, small ball point guard defender still in the league, even at his age. Um, he can get, he, he can get caught up in screens, you know, he can, he can look lost mm-hmm. every so often, but a majority of the time he's locked in on his guy. And, and he plays at a, at a very high level on the offensive end. Um, and then I wanted to f- fit, um, like I said, another center on here, but I just couldn't do it, especially when my my last guy on my third team, I have Brandon Ingram, uh, 24-6-4 and four on 46% shooting um, for a Pelicans team. Again, outside of the playoffs, but, I mean, they were, they were kind of ramping up towards the end there. And <clears throat> their number one overall pick, their guy, Zion, wasn't with the team for majority of the year. They also dealt with some other banged-up injuries there. Um, but Ingram was looking even better before Zion, um, you know, came into the mix. Um, but then kind of towards the end, they both started meshing really well together, and they were both putting up uh, uh, good stat lines. But I think, I think Brandon Ingram was able to weather the storm for the Pelicans really well this season, and he put up good numbers, really good nights. Um, and also his, his effort on the defensive end of the ball because of his length, um, and again, kind of like Giannis, he can he can guard a multitude of positions. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think Ingram definitely deserves a nod here. So um, I I went Ingram here. Ingram and Chris Paul. Uh, I think Ingram and Trey Young were definitely the ones I struggled with the most. But I think they they deserve some recognition on these on these lists. Trey Young, I'm not even going to uh, acknowledge <laughs> it. It's it, it is a stain on the on the meaning of all NBA. He is a I've said this before. He's taken the uh, the Devin Booker good stats on a shitty team role, and he's yeah. a House of Highlights player. Like, it, if House of Highlights didn't exist, nobody would really know who Trey Young is unless they actually went to an NBA basketball game and saw him play live. Nobody would know who that guy is. He is a he is. A juiced up stat. We have no idea what he can do in a pressure situation because from Oklahoma to now, he has never played in a meaningful basketball game. Ever in his life, he has never played in a meaningful basketball game. And I've said the same thing about Devin Booker. They're stats guys. That's it. There's nothing wrong with it, but they're stats guys, and they shouldn't be rewarded for filling up the stat sheet. And you could say I'm a, a hypocrite because that's basically what Westbrook did for the MVP season in, in 17 or 16 or whatever the hell he wanted. Uh, but I, I just, I can't. I agree with you on Chris Paul. He was on my honorable mentions list, and I absolutely love the season from Brandon Ingram. He was my number one honorable mention guy. Love him. Absolutely love him. For whatever reason, you know what? Screw it. I'm putting him on third team instead of Sabonis. I, I, hey. The, the Pacers, <laughs> Pacers hate continues. But um, I, I agree with you with Chris Paul, everything you said. I agree with you with, with uh, Ingram. Ingram was one of my favorite players to watch. And when a Pelicans game was on, I immediately tuned in. Not to watch Zion, but to watch him. I, I mm-hmm. love what Ingram has done uh, in his first season with, away from LeBron. He's finally hit that sort of – he's hit the potential that everyone thought he was going to have in L.A. He, he went away from L.A., and that happens for some guys. They, they need a change of scenery to finally reach their potential. This is the dude that everyone thought when he was drafted at number two that he was going to be. And he is 
awesome. He is an excellent player. And the fact that he didn't make the All-Star team is a that, – that is one of the biggest All-Star snubs. It's up there with Lillard a couple of years ago. Right. This It's a travesty that he didn't make the All-Star team this year. He, it's ridiculous, and I don't stand for it. Um, so I agree with you on Chris Paul. I agree with you on Ingram. Um, Pacers fans – Come at me. I don't care. Like, I, just, I don't believe in your team. I, I, I don't know how many times I have to say it. I, I, I just don't. I don't knock Indiana for being a basketball hub and being one of, the, one of the best places to watch a basketball game. Everything that I've heard from that end, and they love basketball. Fine. Love basketball. Your team just stinks. Like, they're just not good. Sorry. Um, right. So, to recap, we both have Giannis as our MVP with LeBron. I, I'm saying closer yes. than, than you do in a second position. Our mm. first team is identical. I, right? It's identical? Yes. You, yep. Harden, Luka, LeBron, Giannis, Davis, whatever, uh, yep. in whatever order you want to put them in. Uh, I have Westbrook, Simmons, Tatum, Kawhi, and Jokic. On my second team, I have Beal, Lillard, Ingram, uh, Siakam, and Embiid on my third team. I like that. I like that. And you have... I got I got Lillard for my second team. Mm-hmm. Lillard, Beal, Leonard, Siakam, and Jokic. And then third team, Chris Paul, Trey Young, Russell Westbrook, Jason Tatum, Brandon Ingram. Um, yeah, honestly, yeah, now that I look at it, I... I I am sad that I don't have Embiid on here. I do. I do love what he does on the court too. But yeah, I I think I'd rather have Tatum, Tatum and Ingram uh, for sure on there. I don't know. I don't know if if uh, you you you're definitely right about Trey Young. Rewarding, you know, high stats, high volume on a crappy, crappy team is not is not is not the best thing. But I it's Devin Booker two point It's Devin Booker cherry picking yeah. and le- and the Celtics letting him get the seventy, like. Yeah, it'll say so. That's the one thing, and I preach this to high heaven on broken record. Context. Look, if you go back, and that's the reason why, and I take this is for all this football, not as much because like an all pro football team is just hardest. Like when you really boil down, boil it down. Yeah, there's a couple of guys that it's easy to to say is he's the best safety in the league or the best corner in the league or the best quarterback in the league. But when you really boil it down to like wide receiver or running back or tight end or any of the, of the guard, uh, the offensive or defensive tackle positions, even linebackers is tough as well. Like that is probably the hardest sport to consistently get the all pros right. But in, in baseball and football, um, I serious. I take this this shit seriously because it's going to be in the record books. Like that, when you when we look back on it in 10, 15 years, th- this is going to be in the record books, and the next generation is going to go. If your third team was was chalk and Trey Young got on there, it's going to be oh, Trey Young was one of the best fifteen players in the league, and look at all the the stuff he averaged. They're never going to look at his at his team's record and realized they were like the third worst team in the league and he was doing it uh, when the team was down 30 points. Like, garbage time stats and for the Hawks, it's literally 
from the second half or from the second quarter on, like, is is garbage time because they just they suck. Uh, if he was doing this for a team that was sixth or seventh in the league, sure. Like it's the same case for Bradley Beal, and the same like the same goes for Devin Booker. When you finally get on a playoff team and you're doing this, great. I'll reward it, but I'm not going to reward good players on crappy teams. I don't care what they do in a five-on-five gym in the offseason. I don't care what they do when their team is down 25, 30 points in the third quarter and they're lighting it up for 50. It's a, it's meaningless to me. I just So if the Trey Young and Devin Booker fan, fan boys are going to be really pissed off at me and call me the old man on the couch, but I, I don't care, you, man. You make solid points. It's a good rule to have, but I, I'm breaking your rule on your podcast. Okay, that, I mean, that's fine. That, hey, look, <laughs> you're entitled to your own opinion. I almost broke my own rule with Paul George. You, you, sure. You, uh, you put some sense into me. And uh, George, you, I still think when he's healthy, he's one of the best 15 players on the floor, but he's played like – I do too. Or in, the, in, the, in the league. But he's played – he's actually suited up like 20 games this year, and that's yeah. not going to cut it. I'm almost upset that I put Kawhi this. Like, I might have to put, and this is going to be blasphemous, but I might put Ingram, honestly. Um, mm. But I don't know. Uh, it's been, it was it was it was a really good season. The, it was tough to it was tough to make this list. Really, um, you had a little bit. It seemed like you had a lot more trouble with the forwards. Yeah, or with the guards rather than the forwards. Yeah, your forwards. I had a really hard time with the forwards. Um, the guards, I thought, was really, really easy. Uh, and that's usually not the case because there's usually so many good guards um, in the league. Uh, this was fun. Uh, it, it was a little weird doing this in early April and not late April, early May, if not mid-May. Because right. um, I usually put out the MVP pod the day after the season when I think – the MVP should be announced, not after the finals. TNT, I'll say it again. TNT Preach. went. It's a money grab. We we all know what mm-hmm. it is. It's it's a TV rating and a money grab. There's a reason. I really miss. Was Durant the final MVP where um where they gave it to you? They gave it to him right after the season, and they did the whole. Right before the first playoff game, here's the MVP award. Mm-hmm. Bask in your in the home crowd, cheering you. Is he the last guy that we've ever had do that? I think so. Which that was in what 2014. Uh, was it? Steph, did Steph have it? You know what? Steph Curry did get his before his his unanimous one was before the, the show started. Then that, okay. I, so, so I think so, I think I think Curry to 2015 or whenever that was. Yeah, he was the, he was the last. I guy. think yeah, I think it was 2015 was the last was the last time that we had it. We should bring it bring it back. Uh, like that's actually it. One, it makes sense because, and I, the name of this podcast might be beating a dead horse because, like. You don't care who the MVP was right after you watch the finals because mm-hmm. the finals MVP, in your mind, and a lot of people's minds, is the actual MVP because it's the first MVP that you see. But we shouldn't have an MVP award show 
if you want to have the show, have it the day after the season starts. Agreed. Like, it shouldn't be a month after the fact. And nobody goes. There's, like, it's it's worse than the ESPYs. Right. And the ESPYs is, is usually always a shit show, and I never watch it. I have not tuned in to one minute of any of these shows the past three years, and there's no re- there's absolutely no reason for me to do it because I can just go on Twitter 20 minutes after it's announced and see who won the MVP. And we all know who the MVP is for a month. Like it, it's, it makes absolutely no sense. We were preaching that the all-star voting thing with the players should be televised. That finally is. They should take this thing off. There's no reason why it should should exist. It, it it's a crime to it, yeah. it it really takes away from the players because I I'm sure 100% sure that Westbrook would rather have received this award in OKC with them bl- just deafening out his hearing than him walking in a suit giving a Right. A speech to 25 people in the Staples Center or wherever the hell it was uh, hosted and and do it that way. I'm all I, if you ask any of the players receiving the MVP award, 100 times out of 100, I would say they would rather receive it on the floor of their home court than in an NBA arena a month after the, the season's over in a suit. That's just me. Cool. They listen to your idea about televising the All-Star team selection, so maybe they'll listen to your idea now because it's uh, it makes sense to me. I, I hope, man. I really hope this is. I really hope if we have an MVP, like if we have an NBA season again this year, whatever they do. Actually, I don't think they're gonna have it, and I hope last year is the last time that we had. I really like. It is. It's up there with the things that I hate the most about sports. It's on the short list it, it might even be number one but um that's that's a uh, discussion for if i that would be one of the things i would do if i was the leader of all sports is take that away and try to find some there has to be nba viewership somewhere else for turner so they, they have to be doing something that they're not doing that they could make up the ratings for that because i gar- i don't know what the ratings are but it can't be good yeah. But um, I think that's a good place to end. Uh, why don't you plug what you got going on before we get out of here, Dave? Well, this was a lot of fun. Love coming on the pod here. Um, follow me on Twitter at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. Uh, right now, I am just taking a little, little break from um, really any commitment, so to speak, of a sports podcast or writing gig or anything. Um but it, it's been nice to really been focusing on NFL draft. And uh, if NBA was still going on, would still be tweeting about that too. But unfortunately, with the season suspended, not much going on right. there. But um, follow me on Twitter because things are going to be coming soon. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm really grateful that um, I was able to come back on here. I love, love recording with you, Joe. So. Hopefully we can do it again sometime soon. But yeah, follow me on Twitter for sure. Uh, I say it every time. It's it's always a pleasure, and the invitation's always open. Um, we will have an. 
I want to have an NFL draft podcast uh, or a series of NFL draft podcasts in some shape or form just because this this draft seems like it's one of those generational type drafts where we're going to look mm. back in five years and go, holy shit, that guy was in this draft? Right. Like, it has that type. And regardless of what positional group you, you look at, I would probably say secondary is probably the least depth. Like it, it's the shortest, it's more top tier guys. Mm. And even those guys are going to probably go mid to late first round just because of all of the offensive tackle talent and all yes, the yep. quarterbacks and all the, and all, literally there's like 14 wide receivers in this draft. Oh yeah. It's incredible. Wide receiver is deep. Um, offensive tackle is deep. Quarterback is, is fairly deep. I mean, depending on who, who you ask really on, on how they are, how high they are on some of these quarterbacks. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. And I, I'm interested to see how the whole, virtual setup now for the draft is going to go for these teams i'm i'm interested as well um i'm shocked that it took this long to, to uh to you know cancel it but um right. cancel it in in person to person form um i i've been re i one year i did one first round for first two round mock draft uh, the dudes that do it every single year, and I only I like I dove in it for a solid like three months. I I, I gave in. I was like, from the the moment the national championship ended to draft night, I was like, I'm gonna just do it this year. And it is one of the most exhausting things I have ever done. And I like I was dead wrong. Like I, that's why I don't do it anymore. Is I was. The way that I evaluated it, I had Malik Hooker in the second round. It was that draft. And he went, like, mm. mid-first round. And I'm like, what the hell, man? It was the Jamal right. Adams draft. Like, I completely yeah. missed it. I 100% missed it. And, I, like, I commend you for doing it uh, on a yearly basis. And, I mean, if there's a time to do it, it, it would be now because you, you have all yeah. the time on your hands. So, um, right. How are you feeling about your last question before before we get out of here? How are you feeling about this, your, your Saints in the draft? Uh, just as a precursor to the next time you're on the pod. Well, every time I do a mock, either using a simulator or, you know, obviously with, with draft Twitter, what we've been doing on, on there, every time the Saints come to 24, it's, it's, it's usually so tough to decide who they're going to go. I mean, somebody like Kenneth Murray at 24, a linebacker out of Oklahoma would be good, or even Patrick Queen, a linebacker out of LSU would be solid, but ultimately wide receiver would be the dream pick there at 24. The problem is there are really only four wide receivers. I guess you could say five wide receivers who, who I could see actually going into the first round and it being a, a good pick. Um, and usually four of those five are gone by the time the Saints pick at 24 comes up. Um, so if that's the case, trading back for the Saints may be smart to get a second round pick and then, you know, maybe a couple of other picks later on in the draft um, so that then when the second round comes and they have a pick, they can go wide receiver and still get great value there while also picking up some uh, more draft capital down the line to fill some other needs. So 24 for the Saints is going to be really interesting. I could see them trading up for a guy they like. They, they've done it a couple times in the last few years. 
Um, but how would the draft picks if that was the case? Because I think that would be the the smart move is if they had the draft capital within the next two years, go for gold because you don't know what you got with Breeze. And I would I, exactly the, the team that I would look to trade up to is Miami in the second their second pick yeah. in the first round and really get the and get the wide receiver. Like I would yep. that's what I would do. If one of the top three receivers, if either CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, or Henry Ruggs are available at eighteen, I would love for the Saints to trade up and get one of those guys. I think either one of those three guys can change the dynamics of this offense and help out a lot. Even a guy like Justin Jefferson could do that. He also may be available at 24. Who knows, though? But, yeah, I like that a lot, too. I think if yeah, if, if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be either Miami at 18. Um, yeah, honestly, yeah, that, that, that makes the most sense to me. Yeah. All right. On, uh, on that note, on this side of the coin, not the fake Jay Leo on Twitter, jdatasports.blogspot.com. Uh, and, of course, this podcast, uh, if you've, reached this far into the show like subscribe share with anybody who you seem fit like or follow dayton on uh on twitter and um until next time have a good weekend and it's closing time you don't have to go home but you can't stay here peace